you're an early stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program, Basecamp at outlierventures.io slash Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world, raise $130 million in growth funding, and can help you fast-track product market fit and, where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome onto the show Aaron McDonald, founder of Fluff World and Non-Fungible Labs. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, thanks, Jamie. Really glad to be on the show. So by now, I imagine people have already seen me going on at least about Fluff World and on Twitter and things like that. Um, There might have been some mention as to Non-Fungible Labs. And obviously, I had the pleasure of interviewing you and the other co-founders in a slightly chaotic um, <laughs> interview on NFTs. What the fuck? And that was kind of my first introduction to you. I think it was one of the editorial team over there highlighted fluffs. Um, I think it was uh, Albert, and that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, we. We got you guys on on that and both that interview and then off air, it kind of increasingly became clear that there was a lot more behind Fluff World. Uh, and then we had the pleasure of t- talking a lot since then, eventually announcing a formal collaboration on Fluff World and the Mycelium token um, and got, got to know you and the guys pretty well. I'm really excited to start working with you. But... Just even the show notes that have been prepared today by by some of the team, but every time I speak to you guys, I just learn there's like several other things always on the go, or you know there's like several of the layers to, to the various things that you you've got going on. So I mean, there's just no way we're going to be able to cover it all in <laughs> in the thirty minutes. So we're, we're going to like I'm going to have to be quite disciplined as to kind of keeping focused. I think on on Fluff World and, and everything that you're doing over at Non Fungible Labs, but within that you've got the altered state machine, which is kind of this intelligence layer for the metaverse. I mean, there's a whole stack of things that are going on there, um, and I'm hoping we're going to get some alpha from you specific to Fluff World, but also how that we'll do our begins. best. Yeah, right. And but how that's going to then interplay with things like altered state machines. So let, let's see what I can extract from you. We, have, we have, actually haven't agreed rules of the road, so that usually works in my favour. Um, <laughs> so uh, let, let's let's see where we get to with it. Um, I am definitely not going to try to summarise you and your background because. As I said, I'm just looking at the show notes. I'm like, holy shit, I did not know this. I did not know that. <laughs> um, but you are a you know, prolific founder, both generally in, in the tech industry, um, multi-time founder, co-founder, uh, including you know, managing portfolios over a billion in revenue. Did not know that. There is this kind of thing, centrality, which is like a venture studio, blockchain venture studio, which has been going on for several several years now and had like multiple spin outs and projects so save me the pain of trying to like summarize all this in five minutes G- give us like a potted history of um, <laughs> the world of aaron yeah man thanks for that um yeah so i i've been in tech for more than 20 years now um and i started my career as an engineer i think if you could call 
um, digging trenches for telcos engineering um, and then <laughs> moved my, yeah I moved my way up into kind of more senior engineering and architecture roles and then from there into kind of the business and product side of things um, and then out into corporate venture and then eventually into the startup world um, so I've, I've had kind of a history of working at pretty much every kind of job you can have in tech and when I got out into Founderland, I found that there was kind of these big problems. I like solving problems um, with getting, you know, startups off the ground and this chicken and egg problem around trying to get customers or if you've got a two-sided marketplace, you know, getting those going at the same time and all these kind of issues I'd, I'd kind of experienced myself. Um, so I decided to try and fix it and started this um, venture business centrality. And we have this thesis, two kind of strong bits to the thesis. One was um, build a connected venture portfolio where each venture that we bring into the portfolio adds something that's missing from the rest of the portfolio so that everyone kind of gets this snowball effect and can work together to scale faster. Um, and two was to increase um, end user adoption in decentralized systems. So we, we, when we kind of started this in 2016, it was, you know, not a great user experience um, for for many people to be able to try and get into this space. So we st we started to invest in and work with companies who were were going to make that easier, right, from kind of infrastructure through to protocols through to applications. Um, so now across, I think, the three funds, we have uh, something close to sixty portfolio companies that are doing that kind of thing. But the real supercharging of that, I think. Um, kind of happened when NFT started to take off because it's really become the user experience for the blockchain world. And it's um, something that consumers have been, you know, much easier to get their heads around um, than say decentralized finance because um, no one knows how a bank actually works today. And so telling them that this stuff is better, you know, a hundred times better is like, well, okay, I don't experience those problems anyway. So kind of giving the content angle to how to experience ownership and all the other kind of cool things that come with this technology, I think has been a real magic jump in the last kind of 12 months now. And that's really where I spend my time is kind of doubling down on that, which is where we get to non-fungible labs and uh, non-fungible labs was started as a um, studio to uh, accelerate ideas into this metaverse space and bring um, exciting new content formats as well as create, you know, and I think it probably the mission is to create a, um, a better um, metaverse experience to kind of lift the game a little bit from what we've seen before and, and really, um, you know, deliver the vision that everyone kind of has in their mind about how this space can um, be an engaging and interactive format. And so when was Non-Fungible Labs formed? And you've got a couple of co-founders in that. Were they, had you worked with them across these other things as well, like Centrality or other startups? Yeah, so I met some of the founders. I invested in um, a company called uh, We Are Tenzing, which um, Brooke Howard-Smith, who is one of the co-founders of Non-Fungible Labs, was the founder of. Um, and we invested in their company because they... Um, they uh, specialize in managing uh, content creators and as part of, you know, building out an ecosystem of startups, one, one thing that you need to be able to do is, as a startup is engage with audiences. So all of these 
um, sports stars and influencers and content creators were a resource that our portfolio could kind of tap into to solve that problem. Um, and then I got to know Brooke, you know, um, quite well through that process and um, seeing that he's such a creative person. Um, we were chatting one day about this whole NFT space and decided, you know, why not um, pull our resources and know-how together and kind of build this out. And then we we're really fortunate enough to have been joined on that journey by Alex and Jesse, you know, both really, really entrepreneurial guys and Jesse's a creative genius, um, you know, behind a, a lot of the art that's come out of um, the non-fungible labs um, studio. And, and since then it's just been this roller coaster ride. So there's this missing part altered state machine. I think we're going to get to that maybe a little bit later. Let's, mm. let's stay on the scent with, um, with fluff world. So how did, fluff world come about and and at what stage in this whole like pfp cycle yeah so fluff world um was something we were kind of bubbling away we had a few things going on in the studio it was a concept that jesse kind of was almost doing as a you know backroom project because we were busy with other things he has a <laughs> he has a bunny um, at home, and so he kind of got inspired by that and started to kind of have a play with the art. Um, meanwhile, we were working on this real world uh, NFT street art treasure hunt. So we kind of again wanted to try and give normal people the the sense of how they could get into this NFT space, and so we were connecting with really cool street artists around the world, getting them to create some unique street art, um, put a little QR code on that, and then we'd release clues as to um, the location of it. And people would then self-organize and go and go these treasure hunts. And if you found it first, you could scan it and claim that as your NFT um, and then go and do what you wanted with it, hold it or sell it or whatever. So we had this like really cool treasure hunt going, and that was the thing that we were initially focused on. Um, and this whole notion of kind of meta games was was something that was kind of ingrained in how we thought we would approach this this space is make it really interactive, make it fun, make it social, um, and give you know give people who are new to NFTs a sense of how they could get involved in a simple way. Um, and then out of the blue, you know, Jesse pops up with this art, and we were we were all blown away. We we're like, holy crap! You know, you're seeing you know, some arguably amazing projects out there, but, but this was on another level in terms of the quality and, um, and then Alex is kind of this master of law and starts building this, um, world idea behind the, um, the characters, um, which was very deep and, um, you know, has all these kind of different layers to it. Um, and it really felt like it was something that was more than just, um, a profile picture. It felt like it could be this immersive experience. Um, and I think the genius thing um, from there was, you know, taking that whole idea that we'd been um, starting to push down with the treasure hunt and metagame and then thinking about how you could make that um, a reality in combination with this avatar type trend that was happening at the time. And we really felt that the next stage of that content would be more 
uh, metaverse-centric. It would be able to exist in multiple formats. It would um, be interactive. It would be dynamic um, and evolve over time as people and personalities and brands and um, culture evolves, your NFT could evolve with you. And so we kind of did a lot of strategic thinking about how to go and do an avatar project, but give it a, um, an infrastructure background um, and creative background that could take us to the next kind of five years of where this content was going. Um, and so that's what we came up with. And then um, another, I think, really genius thing was bringing the music element into it. And, um, and it really kind of gave these avatars a personality you know it gave them something the combination of the movement and the music gave them something that was just um quite obviously different to everything else that was out there at the time so let's talk about what fluffs are today yeah so you know ten thousand unique 3d animated rabbits i mean maybe you could unpack some of the traits um i think the floors like what around two eth now or it was one announced it's two um, but as you say, they've kind of, uh, you can already download those in multiple um, file formats and yeah. they they kind of have this musical component to it. So could you just like summarize, I guess, the features, characteristics and, and everything else as to what they are today? And then this is where I'm going to start trying to get as much alpha from you as possible as to <laughs> what they're going to become. Yeah, so so what you have today is this, um, yeah, like you said, this animated, three D, you know, rich uh, media content which you can um, own and download, and then the different file formats. So um, the music files, the images, the backgrounds, all of those things that come with your fluff are all downloadable, and you have full creative. Um, commercial creative uh, license for, which is, I think, been a really important um, thing about how this collection is rolled out. And it's enabled this amazing creativity from the community. You know, within a few weeks, we had people create over 50 remixes of the tracks or the stems from the tracks into new songs, including, you know, platinum recording um, producers and stuff like that. So it was, it was this really kind of creative tool for people to start to or medium that to start to go and play with that they hadn't had in the nft space before um and uh and the things that kind of um build out from that that people already know about is that your um 3d avatar will be fully rigged uh, very high quality rig um including face rigging so uh we're about to launch a new campaign um, early next week where we'll put out these fully rigged models. People get to see what um, sits below the waist of a fluff and a competition, $100,000 up for grabs for the community to go and create a short film featuring these two characters. And once the winner of that competition's been um, found and announced, we'll release everybody's individual um, full-bodied avatars. Um, and they'll come out in multiple formats too. So um, everything from cinema quality, we're talking like Pixar quality um, renders down to um, voxels um, so that your um, fluffs can exist in multiple worlds and interact with multiple content formats. Um, there's also everyone kind of understands that there's a breeding game in progress, but kind of going to ramp up into something quite special um, we're, we're very, um, excited about the play to earn format and how we can 
um, create real value for the the owners of these assets through that format and some really kind of interesting and engaging mechanics we think for um, for the characters in that play to earn world um, so that's what everyone knows about today I think um, all right so let, let's pause there so firstly I actually just ordered my mocap suit oh awesome yeah so that that arrives in a couple of weeks time um, it's not like a full suit but it's face hands yeah, awesome. Some some somebody. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to start doing um interviews in in one of my fluffs, which is awesome. Yeah. My daughter has been doing fan art for the fridge um of her favorite fluffs. And of course she was like, but why <laughs> don't they have like below the waist legs and stuff? So she's been kind <laughs> of already imagining what some of that stuff is. So um that's awesome. Um, you mentioned the breeding component. So I think we at Outlier announced a few weeks back that um, myself and some of the other members, including people like Max Stealth, um, who's a you know, notorious NFT collector, have created a, a farm, a breeding farm. Um, so we're kind of primed and ready um, yep. for those rabbits. Great to looking get, collection get there. Yeah. So, um, so that's that's all cool. Now, um let's pause on the the kind of commercial rights exploitation because for us this was a, a a really key thing you look at the success with board Eight yacht club um versus say some of the lava lab franchise mm. where mm. you know it's really down to the community to begin to think of all the weird and wonderful ways that they can exploit that whether it's a coffee shop chain it, it's like merch um, yeah. you know, or, or various other kind of transmedia stuff. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to see how that plays out with, with fluffs, especially because, um, you know, they are going to be 3d, um, kind of out the gate, right? So yeah. you'll be able to use them in a gaming environment. You'll be able to, um, use them in an animation context, cartoons, movies. So that, that that's just kind of mind blowing. But then there's also this, this music part. Um, yeah. So could you just tell us a little bit more about the role of music? Do we have to explain something else first or can we can we build on the music bit? No, we can definitely build on the music bit. And just to kind of touch again on the creative stuff, we we, we 100% took inspiration from Bored Apes and they've done, they did something really clever there. And you can see that that really propelled the creativity of the community, which then in turn propelled the creativity, the kind of um, community growing and um, brand growing around it. And we certainly took that into account when we were um, thinking about the architecture of Fluffs. But we thought like, okay, well, if, if, if that kind of thing's going to happen, what's, um, what's the future of that look like? You know, if brands are going to engage with this content, well, how are they going to want to use it? And then how can we architect Fluffs to be um, useful in those contexts so that's why we created fluffs as a dynamic nft we thought about them more as um a storefront for you as a personality or as a as a brand than we did just as a piece of art and so you'll notice um that we've been talking about and we're soon to release um possibly even today um cool. the the scenes and swap uh, sounds um, feature which will allow 
um, anyone to go into their fluff in the underground and change the music or audio file and the background behind their fluff. Um, and what that does is it allows your fluff to become this kind of dynamic, responsive um, content platform for um, everything from podcasts through to brand advertisements, through to album releases, through to, you know, you name it in terms of what you want to do and show to the community that's relevant at that point in time. Um, and so I think for music, this is going to be... Right? If you've got uh, Jay-Z, you know, changing his 2D Twitter profile picture yeah. to a crypto punk, you know, that's like 1.0. What we're talking yeah. about here is if you had a fluff, you know, he could release singles on it, albums, he could stream... Yeah you know, like his, his albums or tracks all day long. It's like a, a whole multimedia interface, right? Yeah, it's a multimedia interface. And we're, where we see this going is, and the things that we're working on is that um, these avatars are essentially a portal to your media. And so um, if I follow a fluff, in, in, in a future social media experience, which you'll be able to do through Twitter so shortly or more, um, more first-party metaverse spaces that are coming and some of those experiences we're building ourselves, then if the owner of that fluff t changes the audio behind it or the background behind it or whatever, you'll get that update as if you would in a social media feed. And so now the avatar itself is the content distribution channel. And I think that's quite a... Um, almost a slept on feature, but it'll kind of become very apparent once we start to release the ability for people to go and make those changes and some of the awesome collaborations we've got both in the art space and in the music space um, to showcase that feature over the next few weeks. Very cool. So, so now let's talk about, let's close off on breeding. And then I want <laughs> to start kind of going into the the underworld, right? And the idea that the, yeah. the, these two two worlds to, uh, in in the, in the context of the fluff universe, I guess, or fluff world, um, yeah. and then and then beneath that, this kind of intelligence. But but let's kind of let's give some people some some alpha on on the breeding if we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, let's see what alpha could we possibly give. Okay, a good one that I can probably leak now without getting my head shot is. Um, We've hinted at a little while at um, the idea that the game has already begun for breeding um, and that breeding isn't some kind of um, profile picture mashup. Um, it is actually a game. Um, and like everything in Fluff World, um, we like to kind of leave discovery and surprise and delight as a key part of the Fluff experience as opposed to putting super detailed roadmaps out. We want people to kind of be delighted by things as it comes along. Um, so as um, this ability to swap scenes and sounds around comes out, um, it, I think it would be um, remiss of me not to say that um, if you can imagine Fluff's going on a journey to breed, um, just like we humans do, um, you kind of have to be in the same place in order for yourself to meet your breeding partner. Um, and the same is true for fluffs. So um, the tradeability and swappability of backgrounds is going to become an important part of your collection because for an order for your, your fluffs to meet, they need to be in the same place, obviously. 
Um, and so this mechanism of being able to swap around the scenes provides the ability for fluffs to meet in the metaverse um, as a first step towards getting into the breeding cycle. So I think that's probably quite a bit alpha. Um, beyond that, I think the other thing to think of in the back of your minds is that um, because we see breeding as a pay-to-earn pay game, it's really important that the flufflets which come out of this, which, which by the way are fucking cute, um, they have utility because that's the asset that you want the rest of the world to grab off you and start to um, play with and earn money from playing with. Um, and so the utility for flufflets um, is going to be the game. So there's the breeding game itself, kind of getting together and going through the process of um, matching and um, courtship. Yeah. And so, but beyond that, um, flufflets have a game themselves, which will be a much more kind of um, interactive real-time game that you can play and earn from the flufflets. Oh my God, my daughter's going to be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to blow her mind. Yeah, um, and I think that the other thing is that music's going to feature, you know, in that game. Um, and we're going to try and make that quite a fun format for people to, to engage with. Um, I think Axie's shown us a pathway in terms of how to engage an audience and how to distribute wealth across different layers and um, how to create incentives for people to want to be involved with it. But we want to take that up a notch in terms of um, the, the experience of playing the game and the content format and like everything we do we want to, to be this rich multimedia experience. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, just for context, right, before we start going into some of the detail about the worlds, um, you know, Bored Ape, I think, went to a billion dollar, one of the first NFT franchises to go to like a billion dollar market cap in terms of its secondary yeah. market in less than a year. Um, and, you know, for like some pretty high profile auctions at the major auction houses. Um, Axies is now the highest, well, generates the most revenue, I think, in primary and secondary markets than any game on the planet yeah. from a player base of what, like 2 million versus Fortnite, which is, you know, God knows how many millions. So, yeah. um, you know, if you even do half of either of those, let alone <laughs> combine the possibility of, you know, this kind of emergent transmedia community franchise with the rights yeah. baked in plus the play to play to earn element, um, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a really, really serious proposition. Um, and we've got a, 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 even a third layer to it as well, which is what you've hinted at with the altered state machine, um, which is, I think, so one thing that we've found with producing these really high quality assets that are future focused and looking at where the metaverse is going instead of where it's been, um, is that when we've, when we've gone to take fluffs into metaverse spaces um we've actually had to go back and do work to dumb them down um <laughs> and make them look worse um so that they can exist in these formats and not, no disrespect to all the, the stuff that's been done out there already it's cool stuff but um i think that the kind of metaverse experience we want to give with fluffs is only some is, is doesn't exist and so we're going to build it ourselves and we're building bringing in some very heavyweight um, players to help us do that and create a new um, metaverse world that can um, 
accept you know these high quality assets into them i mean people already know that we're building the underground burrows um, and i'll show you a little preview of the concept art on that um, a bit later but um but the the what they don't know is that that's going to evolve into um, a world space that will be able to um, take fluffs into in their full glory as well as invite other um, you know metaverse characters and collections to build out their own spaces on that world platform as well um, and really change the game and make um, you know a rich and dynamic um, and fun place to be um, in, in the metaverse. If you go to a lot of these spaces now, they're quite kind of dull and flat um, and they rely on, you know, people building and bringing content to them to make them vibrant. Um, and often what happens is, you know, those things don't pan, pan out. And so you end up with a lot of boring space. Um, and so um, we're going to change the game on that and make them much more interactive spaces. And the altered state machine is a really key part of that because now we can introduce intelligence to your avatar. Um, you can have these intelligent NPCs that exist in these spaces and make them really rich and vibrant spaces to interact with all the time, just you know, whether there's an event going on or not. So uh, NPC non-player character, right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into that, just quick question. The, you know, you've got this kind of spectrum of avatar from, you know, very high resolution, um, as you say, like Pixar grade down to highly voxelated. Are you working with who I think you're working with on that? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I don't know who you think we're working oh. with, but we are working with someone who people will know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that. Um, off, off air. Um, so, so let's let's go down the rabbit hole. Let's talk about we've we've covered fluffs. We covered breeding. Let's talk about the the, the burrows. Yeah, burrows are going to be so cool. So I think burrows are like the first um, flag plant that we're doing with these virtual spaces. It's a VR first experience. Um, we're going mobile first, so we can get it out to the most. Uh, number of people of course we'll have pcvr coming along after that because we can um dial up the high the quality in pcvr compared to mobile um and it's it's designed to to be high quality and then kind of um resolution will um adapt for whatever device you have um and and it's going to be a space for you and your fluff to start off with um or your, your, your fluffle, um, where you can start to interact with lots of different experiences, uh, games, new content, social um, connectivity between fluffs, all these kind of interesting things that you can do in your own personal space. Um, of course, you'll need a nest there for your, for your flufflets. Um, they need to be kept warm and dry and happy and safe. Um, and, so, and so we'll kind of start to introduce these um, really interesting um, and engaging personal experiences and then next stage social experiences. And then from there, um, jumping into um, public spaces, which um, fluffs can meet together in and hang out in, evolving into this world space. Actually, a little bit of alpha is every burrow um, that people get um, when the burrows come out will come with some land in the world. So you're not just getting the burrow itself, you're actually getting 
uh, land in the world space. Oh, now um, you mentioned the, uh, the these kind of social spaces, and so th- that's these public spaces are different from the boroughs. Boroughs are private spaces, which yeah. you can kind of customize. You can have like more offline, you know, private engagement and social yeah. experiences with, and then you have the public spaces. What 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 do you think is going to happen in public spaces? How are they going to be used by brands, users, etc.? Yeah, again, this is something that we've we've done a lot of research on and um, and thinking about is um, how can you create something that's really rich and engaging um, in the public spaces, but still gives the ability for customization um, without getting to the point where you're relying on the community to build everything and it you know ends up looking empty um, or dull. And so I think the idea that you have to think about is that public spaces will be um, built first party. So they'll be rich and high quality. There'll be installations. So people can put things in a piece of land that they own, maybe a sign post with some information or a screen with some information or a game that people, a mini game that people might want to interact with or a virtual you know, an intelligent NPC that could act, act like a help bot or uh, we're talking to DeFi companies about making bank NPCs that you can interact with DeFi protocols. And so kind of all of these kind of um, interesting um, public space experiences. And then if you own that land, you can connect that public space to your private space, whether that's your borough, whether that's your YouTube channel, whether that's a game you've built, whether that's a link through to another metaverse, um, so have these two layers, this kind of above the ground, let's call it public space as a metaphor, and then this kind of below the ground, which is your private space that you can build out in and give people the, you know, the rich experience up top and the customized experience underneath. Now, so let's let's talk about the altered state machine. So firstly, it'd be good to just describe what it is, um, how yeah. it's distinct from fluff world. Um, but then how how it is additive to Fluff World. And I think, you know, I think everybody can agree the problem with the open metaverse at the moment versus, you know, these kind of more closed proprietary environments is that they're largely empty, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. Unless there's an event on, you know, yeah. it's unlikely that you're just going to bump into lots of people walking around Decentraland or something or crypto boxes. Yeah. As great as they are, right? Um, And, you know, so for these to become comparable experiences that are sticky, that kind of people come back to, um, there needs to be life, right? Yeah. At the same time, you know, the success of Axies has been this ability to onboard people into gameplay and to have play as a form of work, of income, um, and yeah. so it'd be it'd be good to understand how altered state is additive to fluff worlds. I guess it's acceleration, it's success, and then secondly, how you imagine you know people interact with uh, would you call them agents? Yeah, MPs, I guess you know. Yeah, so I think um, yeah. Firstly, what altered state machine does is it gives us two new lego bricks to build with um the first is the ability to um own and 
artificial intelligence agent through your NFT. Um, so the ability to give your NFT a brain and prove that it's yours, and then can, that means it's connected to all the other things that NFTs can do. You know, rarity, tradability, um, DeFi protocols, all those other kinds of things. The second thing is um, the ability to inject a DNA or a soul or a personality into your NFT that then goes on to affect the way that that agent learns or trains or experiences an environment. And what those two things do is it creates now this rich um, set of unique individual intelligences that can exist in these metaverse spaces that then you can go and train to be good at different things. Um, within Fluff World, you know, to start off with, we've got some really interesting use cases. We're working on three intelligence projects with Fluff World um, to kick things off. Um, to make your fluff and future fluff characters, some you might know about, some you don't, have these really cool utilities with intelligence and then make them kind of an asset that generates um, wealth for you by using that intelligence. Um, so, so that's the first stage. And then the second stage is in these metaverse spaces, all the cool things you can do with, you know, um, a AAA massively multiplayer online game where you have all these little um, quest helpers or givers or um, vendors, all this kind of richness that exists in those spaces. We can now have the community create those things, which is the great thing about metaverse spaces like Decentraland, um, and put them into a metaverse space and have them owned in, in a metaverse space in the same way as you would an avatar to create the richness that those spaces are missing. Um, and so if we bring those two things together, this really rich world experience, these really rich avatars and this intelligence layer, we have the metaverse that people have kind of imagined in their heads. Yeah, and of course, altered state then goes beyond that in that there could be multiple fluff-like worlds yeah. um, in a Roblox-type proposition, except open... Um, you know, leveraging Web3 technologies. Totally. And everything else, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this kind of cross-platform intelligence is something that's been thought about in the protocol. How can you make it so that um, the intelligence you train in one environment is somewhat portable to another environment? So, um, you know, when, you're, when your intelligent moves, moves between those worlds, that there's, there is utility. It doesn't have to learn everything from scratch. And in, in case people didn't quite pick up on something that you mentioned there, you mentioned characters that people yeah. may or may <laughs> not know about beyond fluffs. Yeah. Um, I imagine you're probably not going to tell us what I, I know. What I think I've are, said but... I think I've said too much already. To be all honest, right. all right, I, I won't push <laughs> hold, it. Hold fluffs. Yeah, that's all fluff. I'll have to say. <laughs> hold fluffs. I, I I know of at least one of those, and it, it's it's exciting. Very cool. Um, so, so what what's next? Like, how do people engage with this? And and um, you know, aside yeah. from kind of this le leaking alpha, right? Like, what uh, we're obviously working with you on the mycelium token. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the high level, how you yeah. see the function of why why this needs a, a token at all. Uh, yeah. So I think. Um... If you if you look at all of the bits that are coming together here, um, with with the world and land and play to earn and 
this kind of um, multimedia social format. All of those things lend themselves really well to having this binding thread between them um, of economic activity. Um, and so mycelium is the way that we'll do that. Um, we'll use that as a way to um, join the different experiences together and to create a single economic um, utility across all of those different experiences. So it's a really exciting thing. I think it's going to be massive, um, you know, the stitching of those three layers together of metaversing with one economic um, backdrop, I think is going to be absolutely enormous. Yeah. And so just to be clear, mycelium will work not just within fluff world, but across fluff light worlds, leveraging the altered state machine, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're really excited to be working with you specifically on that, but but more generally, um, yeah, man. So we're going to um, we're going to create some more content um, outside of this particular recording, where you're going to give some alpha leak on some of the art associated to Burroughs. I'm going to look at that yeah. right now. Can't wait. So we're going to jump jump over onto another format. People who will listen to this will be able to find um, that that kind of video recording as we talk through some of our artwork, um, probably on the same YouTube channel. So just go to the Outlive Ventures YouTube channel and we'll probably be sharing it all over Twitter as well. Um, so I'm going to say goodbye to you on this one and then we're going to hop over and do the other video recording. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. It's been really awesome. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.